Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. With the Matthew 14 passage fresh in our minds, I want to jump right into some thoughts that help us think through what the Holy Spirit may be leading in our time together this morning. I also want to encourage us to take a minute and play the game that Mary provided in the Renew Families Formation time. It's really great. Even if you don't have kids, I think you should do it. Uh, But this is the second stormy sea narrative that we find in Matthew's gospel. Uh, The first one, Jesus is with them in the boat, but he's sleeping. And in this one, this is a little bit more terrifying because the disciples are there, the storm has come, and they are alone. And so we get the picture that these disciples are left alone to fend off the chaos and the the wildness of the seas by themselves. Whenever we see a boat in early Christian art, we already get this picture of that that is a symbol for the church. And so here is this group of disciples or this early church in this very fragile boat. And the only thing preserving them from the chaos is this couple pieces of wood put together with tar and pitch. And so the sea, for, for many of us, might not seem like a really big deal. But in, in, in a Jewish mind, the sea is very terrifying. It's where the lost souls go. It's where the Leviathan lives. It is the image and the symbol of chaos and disorder. It's the opposite of the order of creation. And so what we understand is to a biblical mind that this represents all the anxieties and all the dark powers of the world that disrupt the goodness and the created order that God has placed in order. And the sea evokes an image of death and disruption to the people of God. And so many people, many of us have felt that this year, that this has been a year of chaos and disorder and disruption. We've seen so much hate and unrest, and the church has taken on a lot of this chaos as well. As individuals, we've lost friends and loved ones, and some of our friendships are really on the rocks and hurting. A lot of the normal rhythms of life are just shot And the church universal has been tossed by these same waves. And so it's in a storm that the disciples are clearly asking the question, where is Jesus? Why is Jesus not with us? You know, and I I wonder if one of the disciples chimed up and said, you know, the first time he was with us, he was asleep. I'd take sleeping Jesus over no Jesus any day. But in this storm, he's off praying somewhere. What is more important than being with us in the midst of the storm? Why is he out praying? Because the church is terrified, and it's interesting that Jesus is okay letting them struggle and suffer through part of this storm. But just as things seem to be at their darkest, at the fourth watch, which is the darkest part of the night, Jesus comes to the rescue. And so we may see this story as amazing because he is walking on water, but the biblical minds see this from a different perspective. It's something much deeper. It's something much more profound. It's a conquering story. Jesus walking on water is conquering the chaos, the death, 
and the Leviathan. He is doing something amazing in this. He is bringing order and he is walking on the chaos. We need to just take a moment and realize that when chaos comes into our life, Jesus is there with us. He is present to us in that. And so these terrified disciples, they struggle to see Jesus in this moment. And for many of us, when we've experienced a trauma of 2020 or a trauma from childhood or shame that we experience or guilt, we come to this place where what it, we struggle to see Christ in the midst of the storms that we are in. We struggle to see him in the midst of the shame and the guilt and the chaos and the sin, but he is there. And we don't have to mistake in him for a ghost. But Jesus says something amazing in the storm. As the disciples are terrified and they think it's a ghost, he cries out. He says, take heart, for it is I. Now, the original readers, as we look at, if we looked at this in Greek, it would say, take heart, I am. And that is a big theological construct. I am is what God called himself in the burning bush I am is, is, is who God is. This is his name. When he's asked his name, he says, I am. Jesus is not a magician. He's not just a good teacher. But this story is proving that he is God, that he is Lord over the chaos, that he is Lord over the Leviathan, that he is Lord over the disruption and death. He is Lord over unrest. He's Lord over 2020, 2021. 2022, etc., etc. Jesus is Lord. And he doesn't stop the waves and invite Peter to come out. He doesn't make it real crystal glassy. He says, in the midst of the storm, come out to me. But because the waves and the storms are always going to be there, my friends, there will always be something there to disrupt us from keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. But Jesus invites us in the midst of the chaos to get out of the boat and to walk to him. Because Jesus conquers death and he conquers the Leviathan and he conquers chaos, we also are people who are called to conquer chaos. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thanks, man. And Peter takes these beautiful baby steps towards Jesus. And in the midst of those very short steps, he's distracted by the intensity of the storm. How many of us have been distracted? And I can say that in this last year, I've been more distracted and disoriented than in, in many, many years previous. I've had many times of seeing, of, of noticing the bigness of isolation, the bigness of COVID, the bigness of the storm over the bigness of our God. But even in these times of numbness and fear and confusion and chaos, Jesus always has his hand extended to grab ours before we, as we begin to sink. Renew, Jesus has always got us. He always has you. And so I want to invite you to throw off that shame of 2020 because God has got you. Jesus has your hand. And don't let what happened in 2020 dictate how you will boldly follow Jesus into tomorrow. He is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. Because many of us, I I, I almost picture what was it like for Peter to get back in the boat uh, a month later? Did he have all these feelings of shame? Man, I failed in this boat. It really killed me. I was awful. I didn't follow. I doubted. I had all these things. Or, and maybe that's what he felt. But I think that's such a a mindset of scarcity, not a mindset of abundance. My sense is the next time Peter got in a boat, and I I love thinking about John, the end of John's gospel, when when Peter's in a boat and Jesus yells out, 
Peter steps into the water. He disrobes, steps the water, sinks, and swims to shore. Because I think what Peter saw and what happened in that boat is that he was reminded of the bigness of God's grace, his power and his might. And so friends, whatever happened in 2020 does not dictate what happens today. And 2020 has done a great work in our soul. As I think about this passage, many of us have been in Peter's shoes. We would have allowed this year to to inform our decision to get out of the boat. And many of us would stay cowered in the corner because of what happened last year. We would allow that to continue to keep us down. But God does something really amazing in this and that he reframes all of life. And so what does it look like to be with Jesus in the storm as a community? Well, it looks like really simple, ordinary things. It looks like being close to Jesus, taking our discipleship seriously. So Renew, in this year, I want to invite you to take your discipleship, your following of Jesus seriously, to be intentional about what it looks like to be close to Christ. And so we have some really great opportunities to do that. Join in with JR and the others in our community as we write out the Gospel of John by hand. Join Adrian on Thursday evenings as she leads us through a book study on John and what it is to trust Jesus even in the hard times. Join our Tuesday evening prayer night. Check out our Monday or weekly morning prayer times. But there are so many different opportunities and ways that we have to join with Christ and to continue to see our discipleship happen. But one of the things that will encourage us is that we would find time and space in this year to come to not journey alone. To have people that we continue to talk about the struggles and the joys and the sorrows and everything that we're experiencing and to be and remind one another Jesus is with us in whatever storm that we're facing. And so two questions that have really been rattling in my mind as I think about discipleship this year. Am I becoming resilient, resilient or resistant? Am I becoming closed off or compassionate? Because my friends, we are called to be a resilient, compassionate people. We're called to grow up in Christ and to be mature. And what maturity looks like is collaborating with the work of the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to radically transform every aspect of our life. And so some of us think, well, do I just need to grit it out? No, we don't grit it out. In fact, we do the opposite of gritting it out. We make conscious choices to follow Christ in our everyday, ordinary life. And so this is what Renew has done in the storms. This is what I've observed over the years of being a pastor. We step out in faith. We pray bold prayers. We give generously. We invite our neighbors to house church, or we invite them over for a meal. We bless others. We stop by houses being renovated. We walk right inside, and we begin a conversation with the contractor there and ask questions. We pause and we ask the cashier at the end of a long line how their day is going. We come as a community with a hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. We pray for healing. We sit with those who weep. We dance and shoot off confetti cannons with those who are joyful. We put an Advent art show on in the midst of a pandemic. And we start a business. We adopt. We foster. We raise families. We go to work faithfully. We play. We care. We call the people of God to continue to bring all of who we are to Christ. We collaborate with the work of the Holy Spirit. And so Renew, this is what we do in storms. We lean in towards Jesus by the simple daily rhythms of grace, of prayer, spending time with Jesus and loving and being with those in our community. But we don't just stop there. 
we also join in with him in the mission of seeing his upside-down kingdom become the right-side-up way of life. The last thing we do in storms is we worship. In in our confusion, we worship. In our despair, we worship. In our excitement, we worship because we are a worshiping community. And I love that picture as Peter and Jesus get back in the boat, they fall to their feet in worship of Christ because he is worthy of our worship. And so as we think through this familiar story and have opportunity to go through these questions in just a few minutes, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit meets you, challenges you, and changes you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.